Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my iClarity podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest iClarity episode. Hey, everybody, good evening. It's Dr. Sam, and I want to welcome you to Facebook Live tonight. Behind me is not a green screen. This is actually my backyard, and I wanted to I wanted to come to you tonight being outside. We have some beautiful weather today, so I thought let's bring nature to our discussion tonight. So I've got several questions tonight I want to get to. Again, if you've got questions, you can type them in right here. You can always reach me at hello at drsamburn.com, and I will do my best to get my answers to you either directly or through my podcast. There's a question from Joyce Ann. She wants to know about IPL for dry eyes. Look, for dry eyes, if you're suffering moderate to severe dryness, the IPL procedure, IPL is certainly something that you can do. It is a symptomatic approach, but it certainly will relieve your symptoms. Again, one of the keys in dry eye is the health of the eyelids. How you can reduce the inflammation in your eyelids is the key. And you know the way to do that, you can use a castor oil eye massage in the evening. You can use my MSM mist during the day. You can uh, hydrate the corneas by using uh, optique homeopathic eye drops along with the MSM eye drops. <clears throat> Make sure you're wearing your blue blocking glasses for all your screen time. Make sure you're getting enough of the nutrients that we talk about, the fat-soluble nutrients like vitamin A, lutein, zeaxanthin. These are the lutein, zeaxanthin, and astaxanthin, or the carotenoids that I talk a lot about. The B-complex is very good for the cornea. But bottom line, you need to reduce inflammation in the eyelids. And don't forget, systemic and metabolic health has a very strong influence on dry eye. Low thyroid, uh, overacting adrenals, that's on the endocrine system. Stress. Stress is definitely going to dry out your tissues more. And again, endocrine imbalances, if you have either, um, uh, well, just any kind of endocrine problem, you, you should check in with your functional medicine doctor because uh, that can have an impact on your ability to produce the tears. What I was thinking about was estrogen levels. So either very low estrogen or very high estrogen, that can also be a contributing factor to dry eye. And don't forget about omega-3 fatty acids. There have been a number of studies that show that omega-3s are super important for reducing dry eye. So I think it's a combo. Certainly, if you need to do the more conventional things to reduce the symptoms and get some relief, I have no problem with that. But of course, I'm always looking for the deeper cause. What are the causes that cause our eyes to let us down? 
Okay, I wanna take a question here from TikTok. By the way, my TikTok, if you haven't gone on TikTok, I'm doing some great, really fun posts on there. Check it out. And, um, but this person is asking about my exercise called the plus lens to blur. So this is kind of crazy because, you know, as an eye doctor, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to correct people's eyesight to 2020 with lenses. But in this plus lens to blur, I'm actually doing the opposite. This is something I discovered many, many years ago when I was learning about physical therapy for the eyes and the brain. What if, that was my question as I was working in the hospitals for traumatic brain injury patients, what if I gave a nearsighted person the farsighted prescription? Well, what ended up happening is that when a person would wear that for a few minutes, their myopia tended to reduce because they would take the blurry glasses off and their eyesight was much clearer than when they first started. So what I developed over, over time was in a therapeutic setting. So this is a very uh, safe environment. You don't want to do this when you're driving or operating a chainsaw or, you know, writing a check or anything like that. But in a therapeutic setting, if you're nearsighted, you get the magnification lens and you put it over your eyes, on your eyes, and mentally you start relaxing into the blur. Now, the first thing that happens for all of us when we get blurry vision is, oh my goodness, something is wrong. And of course, the eye doctors, and I'm, I'm guilty of that too, we go, oh my goodness, if you've got blur, something is wrong. Well, my approach was to use those glasses and mentally relax into the blur because blur is positive in some ways. It's about relaxation, letting go, surrendering, being more creative, being more intuitive, being more receptive. So there are many positive things that you can experience. Again, I'm, I'm contexting in a therapeutic setting where there's no demand on you. When you do that for a minute and then you take the glasses off, what ends up happening is your eyesight resets itself. Your mind, your brain, your eyes, your body go, oh, I can relax into this. And so you have a broader range of vision. You know, when we get a pair of glasses or contacts correcting us to 2020, it's a very narrow range of experience. And the narrower the range, the we call that a closed system. And closed systems deteriorate over time. When you wear this blurry lens prescription, you are now in an open system. And open systems thrive. Open systems uh, expand their consciousness. They relax. They serve, they, they are able to receive better. They're able to be more resilient, more versatile. This is a neurological practice. This is a neuroplasticity practice. So the plus lens to blur is for nearsighted people. And then if you're farsighted and you wear reading glasses or you wear bifocals, and I, you know, I see more and more people who are wearing these very thick farsighted prescriptions and their eye muscles have basically given up. That's why they need stronger and stronger lenses or they wear their glasses and when they take them off, they can't even focus anymore. So you wear a minus lens, you wear what a nearsighted person wears and that actually gives the muscles more tone, more resiliency, more focus. And again, when you take the minus lens off for a farsighted person, voila, your eyesight starts to get better. And so as you do this over time, a few weeks, a few months, you can start to regain your eyesight. It's very exciting to see this. So I want you to 
check it out. You know, my website has many, many videos on minus lens to blur for farsighted and plus lens to blur for my, nearsighted myopia. And so that's, uh, that's the deal. Now, somebody is asking, what if you've had cataract surgery? Doesn't matter. Remember, <clears throat> with our prescriptions, it's partly the prescription in the eye, but there's also a prescription in the brain and the mind. I have a hard time with some eye doctors convincing them. Actually, I stopped convincing them a long time ago. But the thing is, is that our prescription is more than in the eyeball. And you've got to get that concept. So let's say you've had LASIK surgery or cataract surgery, or you've had uh, laser surgery for glaucoma. Most definitely you can continue these exercises and they will strengthen and improve your vision. So, you know, two thumbs up, especially, especially if you've had surgery. All right, let's go to the next question. I got so many questions here. We're going to go about 30 minutes. So uh, about 30 minutes past the hour, maybe a little before. Keratoconus. Okay, this is on Instagram. Julie is asking, can anything be done for keratoconus? So this is a cornea condition. It's, it has some genetic roots in it, and it's related to the cornea. The cornea is the clear window of the eye, where we see out and people see in, or, or objects see in, the trees see in. Anyway, the point of the story is we start to lose the membrane uh, of, the, of the cornea, so you get a bulging. You get kind of this bulging at the center part of the cornea, and it thins, and this be, this creates a distortion. Sometimes it creates astigmatism, where the eyeball is irregularly shaped, and it's very difficult to correct uh, with a pair of glasses. With contacts, you can actually do a better job in getting better eyesight, but it can be a progressive disease, and I don't have the, the magic bullet on reversing keratoconus. No, I don't have that. However, there are some things that you can do to slow down the progression, and sometimes you can even stop it. So in a non-surgical or non-procedural type of way, the MSM eye drops are really great because they soothe the cornea, they're collagen building. Another eye drop that's really good is called hyaluronic acid eye drop. It's got hyalotears is what it's called, and it's made for the eyes, so it's perfectly fine to use. Uh, if you want to use those two, uh, you need to keep your corneas really hydrated, blue blockers. And I would also say out in the sun, you know, unless you're out there 30, 30 to 60 minutes early in the day or late in the day, probably sunglasses in this particular case would be beneficial. And diet wise, anti-inflammatory, lots of healthy fats and oils. The B complex is very important. Vitamin A is also very important. And, you know, you can manage keratoconus if you're hydrating the cornea with healthy, natural eye drops, taking care of your eyelids, maybe with a castor oil eye massage. And if you do those things, you have a great chance of at least slowing down the progression. Now, there's a, a, a procedure called corneal cross-linking. And if you have a very severe cornea issue, corneal dystrophy, like keratoconus, Fuchs dystrophy. Uh, you could take a look at that as a procedure. Uh, I would say the results are moderately successful and there are doctors who specialize in that. You can Google corneal cross-linking and there's some doctors uh, you know, in the US who do that type of work 
and so you could check that out. But the key in keratoconus, and this goes across for any cornea issues, you got to keep it hydrated. The thing that really hurts the cornea is when it dries out. And this is even for regular dry eye syndrome. When the corneas dry out, you're going to have pain, you're going to have inflammation, you're going to have blurry vision, and uh, it's just not a, a happy, uh, fun situation, especially because you're going to be doing what we're doing right now, which is, you know, looking at your screen, and uh, you need to be able to do that. And with keratoconus, uh, there can be some issues with that. All right, next question, the palm hum. Okay, this is a question that was on LinkedIn, and this is from Bill. He says, what is this humming when you palm? So we got to bring in the Bates method. I want to thank William Bates. Bates was an ophthalmologist. He started uh, eyesight uh, improvement in the early 1900s. He was a New York ophthalmologist. I'm so glad that he was alive and was able to promote eye exercises. Today, there's a whole group of people called Bates teachers, and I love them. I think they're doing really good work. And one of the exercises that Bates came up with was called palming. And this is where you rub your hands together, you cup them over your eyes, the eyes are closed, and you do some breathing. And so when you do that, uh, you're basically relaxing the tissue around the eyes. Because what are we doing all day? This. We're thrusting forward with our eyeballs and the muscles get very tight and we don't know how to release or de-stress in our eyes. So when I started to study things like somatic, body-centered healing, I started looking at things like sound, um, acupuncture, sound therapy, acupuncture, homeopathy, herbs, vibration. And when you use vibration on the eyes, you actually can amplify the relaxation. So what am I talking about? So what I decided was, well, what if we do the same palming, eyes are closed, but we add a humming sound when we exhale. So we want to breathe through the nose if we can. We say uh, the mouth is for uh, the, the nose is for breathing and the mouth is for eating. And when we do mouth breathing, this raises our stress level. You know, run from tigers. Oh my goodness, there's a bear over there. No, I'm kidding. But honestly, if there was a bear there, I would go, oh, I better, I better check it out. But otherwise, we don't want to be in that fight, flight, fight, uh, fight, flight, freeze response. And our eyeballs are one of the systems that we really carry that fight, flight, freeze response. So when we do our exhale, our mouth is closed and we're making a humming sound like this. So a couple things are happening here. Your hands can be like tuning forks and the sound is being focused in this area. We have a lot of fascia, connective tissue, muscles, collagen, nerves, and there's a tightness, there's a gripping. And so when we start putting sound into this area, if you look at my hands, we spread the tissue. The tissue starts to spread. Now, what happens when the tissue spreads? Better blood flow, more muscle relaxation, better oxygenation, lowered inflammation, 
reduced oxidative stress. So when you do eight or 10 of these humming sounds and you take your hands away, I guarantee you, your breathing is gonna be deeper, longer, slower, which is great for resetting the nervous system. And on top of that, what's going to happen is your eyes and around your face are gonna feel more relaxed. And number three, and this is the best thing, is that your eyesight is gonna be very clear. So if you're on that screen, you want to be doing the palm hum. I like to do eight palms, eight, eight hums, about every 20 minutes. And I'm telling you, it will refresh you, it'll moisturize your eyes, and it's wonderful. It's something that I think that I'm so glad this person asked the question, Bill, on LinkedIn, because yeah, it's really a great exercise in learning how to regulate yourself so that you are the master of your fate. Um, so that's that. Now let's go to, let's see here. We got a lot of questions. <clears throat> um, all right, let's go to Shannon. Shannon said that her husband had a vitrectomy at 30 years old. His vision is still poor in that eye. Now a very small part of the other eye is showing similar signs. So I think I would start, Shannon, getting your husband on the MSM drops as a start. Now, let's talk about the difference between the 5% and the 15%. The 15% is stinging. It stings a little bit when you put it in the eyes. You may consider getting the 5% to start with and have him do it one drop in each eye four times a day and he should start to get some clearing in the eyes. It's probably some debris, some old inflammation, maybe some scar tissue. So the MSM drops would be great. If he's uh, really up for it, you could get both the five and the 15%. And the 15% really helps the vitreous. It's really great for that. If you don't believe me, you can go on my web store. In fact, I'd like you to go on my web store under MSM drops, look at the patient reviews, and then that will tell you how the MSM has influenced and helped people. Some other things I would consider, and this gets kind of tricky, is that we want your husband to get more eye nutrients into his eyes and his body. So again, I talk about the big three carotenoids, lutein, zeaxanthin, astaxanthin. Vitamin A is very important. Um, you know, one of the things I've discovered is there's a new form of vitamin E that is called a tocotrienol. And this is a different form of vitamin E than what was put out by the ARIDS study and the ARIDS-2 study. This form of vitamin E is from an anato tree. And the studies are off the charts on how it improves the circulation in the eyes. I sell that, so you might have them get the anato E. And the other one I would have them get would be saffron. You know, saffron, studies have shown beyond a shadow of a doubt that saffron is really helpful as a neuroprotective antioxidant that helps retinal circulation. And the better the retinal circulation, the better the vitreous, the better the cornea, the better the lens, the better the eyelids. So take the eye vitamin, add the saffron, add the anato E, add the MSM, Make sure he's wearing blue blockers for his screen time. 
get out into the sun 30 minutes a day. Those would be some basic things that I would suggest to recommend because you don't want to have them go through another vitrectomy. That's not fun. And the, you know, the answer really is, uh, it's not, it's not a great answer. All right. Somebody is asking a question. Can the MSM drops be used after cataract surgery? And the answer to that is absolutely 100% yes. So a little backstory on the MSM. I started using MSM, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. You know, in my undergraduate studies, I was very involved in chemistry. Uh, I was, uh, I studied organic chemistry. I loved chemistry and I was a chemist at heart. And so when I started to look at eye drops on the market, I was very disenchanted what I saw in the pharma, uh, in the pharmacy, because most of those eye drops either had high amounts of preservatives or they actually made your eyes red, more red and more dry. So I knew about MSM because it, I knew that it helped the joints. Uh, it had been used as a powder, as an anti-inflammatory agent, building collagen. So I found uh, somebody to make it for me and I began using different strengths on my patients. Cataract surgery, um, laser surgery, LASIK surgery, all kinds of surgeries. And I found that not only did it not hurt the situation, it seemed to clear things up. So MSM is a sulfur molecule, not sulfa, sulfur. And sulfur is the third leading trace mineral that's found in our body. Sulfur is found in things like broccoli and collards, cruciferous vegetables, garlic, onions. Uh, so we need sulfur. Sulfur is a really important trace mineral. Part of what sulfur is, is it has sticky flypaper. That's what it's like. So any toxin will stick to the sulfur molecule and it's flushed out of the body, including the eye. So long story short, MSM is perfectly safe after every, any kind of eye surgery. Just wait three days, get the clearance of your, your surgeon. There's no infections, there's no irritations, and then you can jump in. Okay, we've got time for one or two more questions. So this is a question on, let's see, where is this? This is on Clubhouse. Hey, if you guys know about Clubhouse, that's an audio uh, social media platform. Sometimes I'm a guest on there. So this is a Clubhouse question. This is somebody who's suffering a condition called retinitis pigmentosa. Now this is a... Um, this is a condition where you lose your peripheral vision. Again, there can be a genetic reason why we develop uh, retinitis pigmentosa. So some things that you can do. First of all, eye exercises that stimulate the peripheral vision are really helpful. That's number one. And number two, you might consider, and you need to be careful about this, but you might consider the, um, the carotenoids, and I like things like lycopene, it's another uh, very high quality antioxidant, saffron, curcumin. Uh, these would be things that I would suggest for retinitis pigmentosa. Again, you have to be careful with vitamin A and retinitis pigmentosa. It's a little different, so there can, you can develop a toxicity and a sensitivity around it with RP. But between the eye exercises and the proper nutrients, you can live with it. You can neutralize it. So um, there is hope for you. I've done a, 
a, vi a really nice video blog on RP, so you could check that out. And um, we'll, we'll leave it at that. All right, let's go to Carolyn. She's asking about what you, what do you do? What do you use with latanoprost for glaucoma? Well, um, the first thing that you have to note with glaucoma is you need to protect the optic nerve. That is the number one most important thing. And the way you do that is you need to get really good omega-3 fatty acids into your body. You know the retina is made up of about 50% fatty acids. I bet you didn't know that. And so the optic nerve needs uh, omega-3. That's number one. Number two, taurine is a really great amino acid. It's actually has, has its roots in sulfur as well. So you can use a taurine supplement as an amino acid. That's very helpful for the optic nerve. Number three, ginkgo. Ginkgo has been shown to help the vascular health in the optic nerve. Again, you don't need high dosages of these. These are all in my eye vitamins, so you can get them you know, at the proper amounts there. Of course, you want to do the three carotenoids um, and vitamin A and bilberry, your trace minerals. It's all very important. Anti-inflammatory diet is, is critical. With glaucoma, some other things to consider would be, yes, with the latanoprost, you keep taking that. Wait 15 minutes, you can use the MSM eye drops. There's an herbal remedy called coleus for scylla, coleus. C-O-L-E-U-S. It's been shown to bring eye pressure down. So you can take it orally as an herb and you can also make a compress and put it over your eyes. That can be very helpful at neutralizing the eye pressure. Getting some craniosacral therapy, uh, lymphatic drainage, acupuncture. These can work really well. Also, toxins in the body can give you a false sense of a high eye pressure. Mold exposure. Uh, these are all things that can cause the, uh, the circulation to change in the eyes. So keep taking your latanoprost, keep monitoring the visual fields with your eye doctor, and then start instituting these alternatives. And let's see if you can make some waves in the next three months. All right, I got time for one more question. And let's see what we've got here. This is a question. Let's see. Ah, this is a question from Barbara. Barbara is suffering a condition called Meniere's disease. This is affecting the inner ear. Now, just a little backstory for me. When I was um, working at the hospitals, one of the conditions I became very adept at is vestibular problems. That's the inner ear. So if, you've, if you feel like you've got vertigo, dizziness, nausea, I'm the guy. I was the guy in, in the hospital. They would refer them to me. And what, what I know about the vestibular system, that's the little tiny bones in the stones in the inner ear, the ears and the eyes and the feet, I call it the triangle, <laughs> they have to work together. And when we start tunneling our vision, what happens is we shut off the vestibular system. And this wreaks havoc in our orientation, our GPS, because we're relying on our orientation primarily exclusively just on our eyes. So a couple things very simply. Number one, expand your peripheral vision engages the vestibular system more. Number two, head injuries, traumas can also trigger 
things like Meniere's disease or vertigo. That's why we do craniosacral therapy, other trauma-releasing therapies as well. Because if you can heal the trauma, you're balancing and reducing the hypersensitivity in the nervous system. Number three, if you wear prescription glasses or contacts, make sure they're not overcorrecting you. I have had hundreds of people with vertigo and Meniere's disease where their prescriptions were so strong that it triggered this vestibular situation. And when I reduced the prescription in their eyes, the vestibular system came back to normal. Now it's a balancing act because the reduction in the prescription sometimes created a little blurry vision. So you have to titrate it. You have to you know, know when to wear these kinds of prescriptions. But the eyes and the ears are so interrelated that when you start um, developing these kinds of symptoms, you really need to check it out with your eyes to make sure that your two eyes are working together, that you're not wearing a prescription that's too much, that you're releasing stress in the eyes. There's so many things that you can do as a way to start balancing out the vestibular system with the visual system. So I will be back next week. I hope to see you. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, thank you for your participation. We just had a hawk fly by to end the session. So. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.